Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Ethan Ramirez, and you're listening to Go Positive Solutions, where we don't just talk about the issues, we talk about the solutions. All right. So today, uh, we're with my guest, Marin Spain. And Marin, how about you just introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, so my name's Marin. I um, just graduated from a master's degree in engineering um, in control and robotics at UC Berkeley. Um, and I've been working with Waymo ever since I graduated. So tell me a little bit about Waymo. I mean, it's kind of, I've heard it's at the cutting edge of AV technology, which is autonomous driving. And like, what are you guys actually doing there? Yeah, so um, Waymo's been in the news a lot recently uh, because we actually went fully driverless in Phoenix and we're the first self-driving car company to do that in the world, which is pretty incredible. Um, So we have a reasonably sized service area in Phoenix and it's open to a lot of people that are on the program Uh, and hopefully it will be open to the general public uh, starting in about two weeks or three weeks. Wow, so this is like happening right now, like the world is changing basically imminently. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, it's quite surprising. I honestly, when I started at Waymo, I didn't know that we were this close to um, starting even a pilot program. Like I knew, I think a lot of people knew that they had started like small scale pilot programs a couple of years ago. Um, but be, for riders, being able to ride and publicly post on social media and it becoming kind of the norm to see self-driving cars in the streets is something absolutely incredible. Um, and I'm so happy to be part of the effort to um, bring this to a larger scale and to other cities around the world. That sounds amazing. What is the energy like at the company right now? Like, are, is it like, what's the overall vision going on over there? Yeah, so it's quite funny because Waymo, for those of you that don't know, is a part of Alphabet and Google is Alphabet's biggest company. So Waymo actually started at X, uh, the Moonshot Factory, um, which is basically a space for like engineers and designers and imaginative individuals to come together and sort of come up with crazy ideas and try to build them and try to make them work. Uh, So lots and lots of projects have gone through X and Waymo was the first bet, which is an alphabet company to graduate. Um, And we graduated from Google X back in 2017. Um, So we still kind of have, so we're totally separate from Google now. Um, We are our own company. We maintain a lot of the Google culture. Um, We have the same interviews um, and we have, there's a lot of crossover. Uh, But... We have a lot more of a startup vibe, um, which is very, very interesting because obviously Google is a tech giant. It's huge. It's in almost every country across the globe. They run the internet. Um, Whereas Waymo is much smaller, trying to solve a problem that currently doesn't have a solution. So obviously everyone is very excited, but it's weird working remotely. So I onboarded remotely um, for Waymo and wow. I actually haven't met any of my coworkers. So I only ever oh, meet man. them over video chat, which is a little bit crazy, but it's actually gone pretty smoothly, surprisingly. Wow. Well, that sounds like you're just diving right in. And yeah, I've never really heard of Waymo before. And I know a lot of people probably haven't heard of it as well, but everyone knows about Google. And of course, you know, these days, 
driving in in crowded uh, crowded cities is extremely dangerous. I know that in like 2016, over 33,000 people died on the free on like just roads in general. Like, what is the safety record for these autonomous vehicles that you guys are putting out? Like, is it dangerous? Should I be you know nervous getting into one of these cars? Are you interested about getting in one of these cars? Like you said, in two weeks it's going to be released. Like, what's what's about to happen? Are we about to see just a waves of you know car crashes everywhere because of robots? So that's a really interesting question. Um, it's hard for me because I actually haven't sat into a fully driverless car ever. Um, and even though I'm designing it, it's not something I've experienced. So the perception of self-driving cars, I'm like, oh, they're very cool. They're great. But I can't imagine how I would feel actually sitting in one. So I'm hoping once we go back to the office, I'll get the chance to um, take a ride in one, see what it feels like. Um, but I think that it's going to definitely take a lot of getting used to because something that I'm sure a lot of people know is that most humans don't follow the road rules and um, right. humans are inherently distracted. We're on our phones. We're talking to people. We're trying to change the radio station. Whereas the self-driving car technology like has eyes 360 degrees around the car at all times. Wow which is something that's pretty novel. Um, in terms of safety uh, that you mentioned, that is a pretty interesting topic because I think it varies a lot company to company. Um, so at Waymo, we have a very large safety team. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm on the systems engineering team and I actually, I work a lot on road rule compliance. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so we, we place a huge effort on that and new software is never pushed unless it is like 100% compliant with the road rules. Whereas other companies might take a little riskier approach. Um, and I know that there's one company that's basically doing beta testing with its users um, and they've had a couple of high profile crashes in the recent past. So it's hard to say. Um, obviously, the transition to self-driving technology is not going to be entirely without fatalities. Um, there will be accidents. Um, the self-driving car might not be at fault for most of them. Uh, it's just obviously humans don't know how to act around them. But I think that given that the 3.5 million people worldwide die each year on the roads, a couple of fatalities in terms of testing and moving forward like is that absolutely terrible if you could save three and a half million lives so are there like federal regulations right now that is restricting autonomous vehicles how does all that work are we about to see a bunch of self-driving vehicles all over the country are you know who are making the rules right now yeah, so that's a very interesting question um, because the way that it usually works, if a driver is involved in an accident or a serious accident, it goes on their record, they might get their license suspended, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you technically have one driver, the Waymo driver, over 100 cars, if one of those cars get in, gets in an accident, is that enough to suspend the whole program? Is that enough to take 100 cars off the road? It's a very, very difficult problem space that is currently not very well regulated. Um, so Phoenix and California have kind of, and Texas as well, uh, have been to the forefront in allowing um, self-driving car companies to essentially prove their technology and use their 
cities as proving grounds in the hope that they will get better access to the technology in the future and like they will be prioritized but yeah it's it's very very difficult I guess for us it really means that we put such an effort on safety um, and compliance with the law uh, above all else because yeah if all it takes is one high profile crash and then all of a sudden public perception of self-driving cars is rather terrible yeah i know in i think 2018 uh uber had a high profile um like crash going on where uh, a woman actually died i think it was in tempe um due to one of those cars and another self-driving car uh it was a Tesla, I guess. It's showing, you can look at these videos on YouTube. They're kind of, you know, suspect in their in their driving skills. Some of them almost crash into parked vehicles. Is that kind of where we're at with Waymo? Are they further along? What's going on? So, yes, as you mentioned, Tesla have had a couple of high-profile crashes. Uber have had a couple of crashes. But... The approach that these companies are taking is slightly riskier than the approach that um, Waymo is taking because what these companies have is they have um, very, very good assisted driver uh, technology. Mm. So assisted driver is not the same as being entirely driverless. But because it's so good, people kind of assume that it's driverless and they assume that it will always work because these technologies are kind of sold like especially tesla and i know that case quite well are sold with the caveat that this is not a self-driving car this is driver assistance keep your hands on the wheel at all times okay so those are cases of where the driver put too much faith in an assisted driver um technology whereas waymo doesn't believe that like it believes that um, assisted driver technology kind of gives people a false sense of security um, because you feel like you're safe and you feel like it's doing all the driving when all of a sudden it might not. Might not. <laughs> so um, so we have like fully trained drivers behind the wheel at all times who are trained to be paying attention and they know when to intervene. Um, so yeah, we don't believe in letting cars go fully without a driver until we are 100% willing to stand behind it. So how many uh, Waymo cars are out on the road right now? So I can't really answer that question. Um, There are a good few. There are a lot between um, like manually driving and collecting data. There's some that have safety drivers behind the wheels so the car is driving itself, but there's a safety driver ready to take over if anything happens. And then obviously there's the entirely self-driven portion. We also have um, an autonomous trucking division. So there are the same autonomous trucks on the roads as well. Are these uh, all these trucks and cars made by Waymo? Are they are you guys partnered with anyone else? Like, will I see like a Ford and that be, you know, oh, that has some like a Waymo tech, you know, modification on top of it? Or is there some other or is it? all in-house yeah so um that's quite the interesting thing uh, about Waymo's approach so Waymo has decided to have short-term partnerships with car manufacturers because we started by trying to build cars um, and build vehicles from the ground up and in 2015 the Firefly famously took to the road so it was specifically designed with no steering wheel and 
Um, it had a max speed of 25 miles per hour. Um, and it did a f- the world's f- first fully like self-driving demo in Texas um, with a blind man in the car. Oh, wow. So that was great, but it was quite a big learning experience for the company. So after that, they decided that we were better off focusing on being the driver rather than being the car manufacturer. So... Waymo have famously now partnered with Cruiser. So they have the Cruiser Pacifica uh, minivans going around. That's kind of the image that people associate with Waymo. Um, But we are moving forward to other platforms. Um, Recently, Waymo announced a partnership with Daimler, the truck company, and also another partnership with Volvo. Um, So we don't necessarily stick with one car manufacturer like other companies. So Cruise is essentially tied to GM right now. Zooks are building their own cars in-house as well as trying to build self-driving technology. The same with Tesla. So Waymo's approach is pretty unique in trying to, we build the software and we build the sensors and the LiDAR um, in-house and basically have specially adapted cars to suit our purpose. So you mentioned a few interesting things there. Like what what is LiDAR? Like I've never heard of that term before. Yeah, so... Um, our vehicles work with a mixture of LiDAR, radar, and cameras. So um, this kind of enables us to drive in different conditions and have a good idea of what's going on around us. So radar is basically where like, it lets out waves which bounce back um, and they give an idea of um, obstacles. Um, so LiDAR is like, it builds a point cloud map of the world around it. So it's constantly like if you see it at the top of the vehicle, you see there, there's a couple of lighters in the vehicle, but the main one is right at the, at the top. Um, so you might see it looks like a kind of funny bump sitting up high um, on the roof of the car. Hmm. Um, and if you look closely at it, you'll see that it's always spinning. Um, so it's constantly building a point cloud map of its surroundings. Hmm. Um, and it has fantastic resolution. Um, it's able to tell the hand gestures of pedestrians. Um, wow. So it's, it's, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, I would say better than a human eye because it has 360 vision, whereas when a human is driving a car, a human does not. So so is there like some master control room at, at Waymo where like you can look at all the LIDARs all at once and see, you know, what's going on in Tempe and, you know, what's going on in, you know, Chicago or wherever else or China? It is How does that all work? Yeah, so I wouldn't say we have a master control room. Um, everything is kind of controlled in a cloud. So um, all of the logs um, of the miles driven are kind of stored in a cloud for a specific period of time. And they're available for engineers to view. Uh, if we think that there's a problem with the log, you can like go back and review it. Um, um, we have really good software that shows both the cameras and the... Um, like the the objects and how the how the uh, the self-driving car sees the world and what it's labeling um things as so you, you're able to pick out oh and there's a pedestrian like there's a bus and there's a red light uh stop signs things like that um so yes i wouldn't say a control room where you're able to view everything at once but you are able to uh, all engineers kind of have access to be able to view any of the locks cool um so are there conditions where the LiDAR works better better than other conditions? Like if I, let's say it's raining outside, it's a lightning storm, it's super foggy at the same time, there's also a blizzard, you know, and like a tidal wave coming at me. Like 
is that a no-go for autonomous vehicle or is it kind of take all those factors into consideration and um, really it makes no difference? Yeah, so the reason that we picked Phoenix was because Phoenix has good weather all the time. Uh, it rarely rains. It's often very clear, uh, which makes like good, I won't say easy grounds, but um, easy weather conditions to work in. Uh, LiDAR fails really in like heavy rain or snow. Um, so that is why extending to other cities that experience like adverse weather six months of the year um, is going to prove very challenging. We're working a lot on weather testing um, and improving our performance in adverse weather, but we don't believe um, in our ability to expand to like adverse weather conditions until we're ready. Whereas other companies have kind of just said, oh, well, we have radar and radar has, works in rain, so we can just kind of let our cars out. Um, whereas, yeah, we take the safety critical approach um, and only expand to places with weather that we feel like we're able to handle and adapt to. So that's great. That you, I mean, that puts a lot of consumer confidence in Waymo that they're taking safety as the highest priority. I mean, you also mentioned you know, other competitors like Zeus, uh, I think Cruise was one of them. Can you tell me a little bit more about your competitors? How many there are? Like, um, are they that far behind you guys? And so are they way behind you guys or coming right up on your heels? How's it working over there? Yeah, so there are upwards of 60 self-driving car companies in the Bay Area alone, which is a huge amount um obviously a lot of these are small startups not all of them will survive um a lot even like zooks was recently famously bought by amazon um a lot of big companies are kind of acquiring self-driving car technologies like yeah gm um works with cruise and there are other like software only companies similar to waymo like aurora and applied intuition um so yeah it's it's a pretty difficult space to even quantify because everyone is keeping what they're doing pretty well under wraps. Um, so like today, Waymo released two papers um, on our vehicle safety, which is a first in the industry. Um, nobody else has given any sort of insight into how um, things work at their company or what kind of where they're at. Um, and are these so, publicly available? Yeah, so they're publicly available as of this morning. And um, so we believe that they will help other self-driving car companies kind of reach our safety standard. Um, so we're hoping that the, it'll also help with kind of public perception surrounding um, the safety of self-driving cars. So um, yeah, hopefully um, it has a positive impact on the industry. Where would listeners find these uh, these papers that are, that, these safety papers? Um, I mean, I assume they're going to be shared on LinkedIn and stuff, but honestly, I have no idea. How about you? Are you like you looking to be one of the first adopters to a self-driving vehicle if it comes into play do you do you drive in you know do you have a driver's license <laughs> <laughs> so interesting question i do have a driver's license um but often i choose not to drive i'm a pretty nervous driver um i wouldn't call myself a distracted driver but i know a lot of distracted drivers um, but I think that the road would be a safer place if I wasn't on it, honestly, um, because I know that I have a tendency to stop abruptly or go too slowly or do a lot of things that 
are behaviors that could reasonably cause collision with other drivers um so i think that for me adopting self-driving cars would be totally okay um i'm hoping that the future of self-driving cars is kind of similar to uber or lyft on like a huge scale so um i hope well I think the car ownership will continue into the future, but I hope that it doesn't. I hope that more people kind of adopt that, like call a car when you need it to take you somewhere. Um, Because that's so much more resource efficient. Because if you think about it, you're only driving your car really, like maybe to and from work, maybe to Mm -hmm. and from the grocery store. Um, So your car is sitting for maybe 18 plus hours a day and um, mm-hmm. doing nothing so imagine how many fewer vehicles we would be able to have um, and how much better that would be for the environment and um, wow. so that's how i'm hoping things will go forward so if like you were just part of some waymo subscription network or something and there was just a network of cars going around your city and you can just hail one and all of a sudden it was there and it was just part of daily life is that kind of what the vision is or um yeah how does how would that all work yeah um so similar to like lyft or uber um waymo have an app and as the same way you hail a car the car will come and pick you up and you input your destination and it will drop you off at your destination um and in the cars actually you're able to see what the car sees around you um, so you're able to see, oh, look, look, there's a pedestrian, there's a cyclist. And like, if the car slows down or stops unexpectedly, like it will give you a reason. So it will say, oh, we're within three feet of a cyclist. So I decided it was safer to stop rather than to proceed. Oh, cool. So it tells you its thought process basically yeah. when you're in the car. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. Um, so the idea is that it kind of gives consumers peace of mind rather mm-hmm. than sitting there kind of wondering what's going on are we stuck should i call somebody um mm-hmm. so um yeah no it, it's it's really really great but i'm hoping that the the ride hailing behavior will become larger it's like this dialogue between the the ai the in the autonomous intelligence of the autonomous vehicle mm-hmm. and and the the passenger themselves um is that kind of the correct way to to look at it um yeah pretty much so it's really just kind of a screen in the back of the cars that show show the rider what it's doing so the rider really doesn't have to do anything which is pretty great it's the same as enjoying a lift or uber ride you can just sit there and if you're interested you can see what the car is doing um so could a passenger if they wanted to take control of one of these cars or is that like not permitted in in a fully autonomous vehicle uh, no, so that's not permitted um, in a fully autonomous vehicle. So, um, like the vehicles have the ability to call assistance if they think that it's necessary, but um, as obviously you don't know if your passengers have a driving license, um, if they if they know what's going on, are they drunk, are they tired? So, um, yeah, we might have decided it's safer to just when a car is fully self driving, it is fully self driving, and we put our faith behind it. So. I mean, this is obviously a huge deal because one, you know, the baby boomer population is is an aging population. We're going to have a lot more uh, drivers or passengers on the road that can have, you know, lowering vision, you know, less memory, less reflexes. The overall safety would be important and having a, a, a driverless car might also be important and save 
potentially thousands of lives. Um, I was re- I was able to read a little bit of that report that you mentioned this morning, and it talked about how there were simulations that happened and like simulated incidents, but also uh, and rare um, live incidents. And that all the live ones, Waymo actually wasn't responsible for any of the accidents. They were just other human error that caused it. And they said there was one uh, Waymo incident, and that was through a simulation. Do you work with the simulations? Do you know about how all that works? Can you explain that? Yeah. um, So I work a lot with simulation and then developing tests um, because it's obviously very important to try and test all of the edge cases before you decide, yep, this is like production ready. This car is well able to handle any situation to do with, let's say, traffic lights. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the simulation is really interesting because like obviously you apply like performance metrics. Um, so you set the bar and the bar usually is we want to be better than a human driver at this. So mm-hmm. um, often what I would do is like do a study of how humans behave um, at a certain road feature and then run simulations with the human metrics essentially and um, determine if we are doing better or worse um, than how humans perform. Uh, and it's interesting because obviously the simulations, like it's hard to test everything. And then sometimes things like simulated collisions and like simulated cases where we cut closely in front of somebody or um, have bad behavior, uh, they do come up. Uh, they do come up. But the idea for us is that we've simulated, I think, 20, is it 20 times more miles than we've actually driven on the roads? Um, so obviously incidents are going to come up more often in simulation than they do in real life. So our idea is to simulate so much more than we drive in real life in order to kind of catch every edge case. Well, thank you so much, Marin. Like this has been a pleasure interviewing you. I'm excited about uh, interviewing you in the future if you're interested in coming back and seeing what you got going on. This is um, obviously like we're in, we're in the midst of an entire sea change right now and it's happening right now. Like this is the cutting edge. Yeah, for sure. It's easy for things like the pandemic and other things to kind of bring people down and bring morale down. Um, But I'm really excited to be kind of working on the cutting edge of some new technology that hopefully will kind of push humans forward um, into a new world. And maybe our grandchildren will think, wow, humans drove at one point. That's crazy. So (laughs) (laughs) that's my goal. But yeah, thank you for having me. All right, thank you.